to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. It's good to see you guys again. I have uh, been here a couple times before and uh, I have this accent um, because I grew up in America and um, uh, we were just there in July, seeing my daughter and her family, and uh, it was really exciting to be there. And we had a little reunion with my sisters, my sister and brothers, in Virginia. And uh, it's a big place over there, and there's a lot of things going on. Uh, but it's not as crazy as it looks like on the TV news. So just relax. It's it's okay. People are. We we got in there. We got out without getting shot. So it's all good. Um, I really, um, I really enjoyed uh, the time that I had there, and I've enjoyed being here in New Zealand. I'm now, probably since the last time I stood here, I've actually become a New Zealand citizen. So um, I'm double, well, not really double dipping, but I am, uh, <laughs> got two passports and I have to keep that in mind when I'm traveling, how to, how to travel. It's really interesting, all that whole identity thing, isn't it, about where you belong and and what your loyalties are to. And we're looking at a, a guy today, Jonah, who had these strong loyalties towards his own people in Israel. And then when God asked him to go uh, bring a, a message of salvation to other people who happened, happened to be the enemies of Israel, he didn't want to do it. And he goes in the opposite direction. And I, I get that. I understand that kind of thing. You know, Lois and I, were for 28 years, we were missionaries with uh, InterServe, uh, serving in the Muslim world. And we, um, we actually enjoyed it. <laughs> A lot of people would say, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I said, well, you don't have to, but, but we enjoyed it. We really had a good time uh, and all that, that time. We had a few bad days, but not every day was like that. And I remember coming back to the States to one of our supporting churches from the US and, um, we went to a, uh, after the service, we went into a, um, a meeting with the missions committee just to give a report and, and uh, they could pray for us and everything. And one of the guys who I'd known for many years, he, he looked at me, he actually had uh, red teary, tearful eyes and he said to me, Jim, pray for me, I hate Muslims. Now, that really threw me because I actually don't hate Muslims. I, I love Muslims. And it really struck me that he was being so honest with me. And I think I get it because in my country, and I know New Zealand participated as well, and we've had New Zealanders lost in Afghanistan. Um, while I had supporters, one, one family where I was the best man in the guy's wedding, um, they supported us right through those 28 years every month faithfully and we were on the ground in Afghanistan trying to do educational work and health work to help the people of Afghanistan come closer to God and for several years their son was a bombardier in a plane over top of Afghanistan dropping bombs. It's, it's a real weird thing isn't it uh, to have that kind of contrast of how uh, you relate in that situation. So I think the, the, the world that Jonah was in is not 
that different from our own world. And you have these conflicting things going on inside your heart. And that's kind of what was happening there in Jonah, wasn't it? He, he actually was told to go one direction, and he went the opposite direction. And he thought he could get away from God, and then the storm came up, and he finds himself getting thrown overboard. And that's where we're picking up the story this week, where he gets gulped down by that big fish. We don't know if it was Meg or Meg 2 or whoever got him, but there was somebody uh, swallowed the guy up, and then he was inside there. I always had the, the Disney, Walt Disney Pinocchio a cartoon in mind of where they're inside the, the belly of the whale with a whole boat, and they're able to make a... Uh, and it just seemed a little bit maybe easier for me to, to comprehend that, but I think it was quite cramped quarters in there. But we won't go into all of that. Uh, it, the interesting thing for us is this prayer that he prays, and we're going to be looking at that today in, in Jonah 2. So let me read the prayer. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. And the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Well, I'm a beekeeper. I don't know if you guys know that honey is bee vomit. I used to say to the a friend, you know, daughter at the house, I said, sitting at the table, could you pass the bee vomit to me, please? And... Uh, it's, a, it's not a pleasant thought, isn't it, uh, the vomit? No. In fact, it get, you get the whole idea of, of, of how dismal that situation was. And I think that the, the language in the scriptures is, is helping us to realize just how miserable this guy was in that place. And what I see in these verses as we look through them, in verses 1, 2, and 3, we see that Jonah starts with acknowledging where he's at. I think that's really critical. I think we need to acknowledge where we're at. We need to be honest with God. I think sometimes we get into the idea of playing games where we go to see 
friends or neighbors or anybody, and we just kind of put on an act of, oh yeah, everything's fine and nothing's wrong. And, and I think sometimes it's really important to just be honest, particularly with God, about how you're feeling. It's okay to tell God when you're mad and when things aren't working the way that you think it should be. I think it's, I think it's real important to be honest with God. And he can handle that, you know? He can handle that, to hear that. So I called out to the Lord out of my distress. This guy was in very uh, distressing situation because the physical condition was marrying what was going on inside him, psychologically, personally. He was distressed because he had disobeyed God, and he is a prophet. He should have known better. Um, he should have been loving the Muslims. He should have been loving the Ninevites. Instead, he wanted them to go to hell. That's really what it was. That's how he felt about it. And he was willing to turn his back on what God told him to do so that those people would not be saved. That's terrible. But he was honest about it. He was in distress. And he calls it the out of the belly of Sheol I cried. Sheol being the place of the dead. It was like, here I am dead. It was in an intermediate sort of state, wasn't it? He wasn't fully dead yet. But he well could have been, couldn't he have? He well could have been. And we wouldn't have had the, the book of Jonah or the songs that we sing about Jonah. We wouldn't have had those. He would have just been digested by that beast and that would be it. And we wouldn't get the end of the story. He recognized where he was. It was, it was a pretty amazing place to be in. But then in verse 4 we have this wonderful little phrase. He says, Then I said, I'm driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. Somehow, God gave him faith in the midst of this despair to project into the future that he would be at God's temple again, that he would be worshiping God at some stage. He didn't feel like it right now. He didn't, his situation was terrible. He was, he was in a lot of mental stress. And yet he had this glimmer of hope that I will again see God. And that's a, that's a really important thing for us, isn't it? To remember when we're in the worst possible place that we will see God. Now, that's a very difficult thing, Jeremy. We know it uh, helps a lot of people in this uh, city who are, who are struggling and having difficult times. It's very difficult sometimes if you're doing okay it's really hard to tell someone, well, it's going to get all right. It's going to be all right. It's very difficult to tell somebody like that. My niece, who lost her four-year-old to, to a brain tumor, said that uh, you really have to let the person that's, that's going through that work out their, their place with God. You can't project onto them. Well, it's going to be all right. And God has this. He says, let them go through that and let them work that out themselves. And I think that was a really important thing to hear from somebody who suffered so terribly that we can't, as observers, we can definitely pray. 
and we should pray and ask God to bring them to that point. But isn't that exciting to see that in the midst of this, Jonah has that glimmer of faith that he will again worship God in his temple, that he will again see that. And then he comes back. It's, it's almost like the waves. Think of the waves coming over him. Like, you know, he's inside this, this fish, the waves. He's been in a boat. It's been a storm at the sea. This, this is like that metaphor of the storm. He's in that storm, and the waves are coming over him. And here's another wave that comes to him in uh, verses 5 and the beginning of 6. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. Imagine that. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. As far as he was concerned, this was it. That was it. The bars had closed down on me forever. I'm in this jail uh, behind bars, and I'm never getting out. But 6b says this, yet you... And those two words I want us to think about today. Yet, you. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. And it doesn't get much worse, I gotta tell you. To sit in the belly of a great fish out in the Mediterranean Ocean, um, you know, and you're the next, next thing it's gonna vomit up. It's, it's not a good place to be, and yet. And those two words, I think, if we can ask God's grace to come to us to remember those things when we're in that terrible place, and yet, you. Because the problem is, is that, that Jonah was doing life his way instead of doing life God's way. And he ended up in, he was in that position, in that place, by his own devices. He'd made these mistakes and he ended up there. And I don't know about you, but I've ended up in a lot of bad places in my life that I've been the author of. I've been the reason why I'm there, okay? And yet, God in his mercy has reached into that place. And so that's what we need to do. We need to remember that you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. Remember the Lord. Remember the things that God did. Remember the time that we, we sold 85 hamburgers to the people of Huntley and God brought all that money in. Remember those things. Those little things are the things that keep our lives going sometimes. Hey, eh? When we remember what God has done for us, we can recount that, and we can say it out loud. But I know that God has seen me in my past. He's been in that place with me, and he's brought me through it. I remembered the Lord, verse 7, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. How amazing. In our darkest place is where we need to remember the Lord. That's where we need to call upon the Lord, remember the things he's done for us, and remember that he is, as the psalmist says, if I go to, to the deepest parts of the ocean, you're there. If I go to the highest mountain, you're there. Where can I go from your presence? 
There's no place that we can be away from the presence of God. And now he goes into this very interesting, um, but important in the context, reflection on idols versus the steadfast love of God. I think verse 8 is probably, for me, the key verse in this, in this prayer, verse 8. For me, it's the key verse. But because he, he brings out the, the whole situation, the reality of what really is going on here in the world. People that believe in idols, I don't care if your idol is, is um, some Buddha. We were in the Palmers the other day buying some plants, and lady in front of us was buying a Buddha. She paid $104 for a, for a Buddha that was kind of lying like uh, it was in, living in California. I don't know. It just, it just seems so strange to me, you know. People be putting these idols up in their houses, in their gardens. Without an idea. I've lived in a Buddhist country, okay? I know what that thing is about. And, uh, but those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. When we put our hope into something else, something that's vain, oh, if I get enough money and I can have this much income and this much money in the bank, and if I can have this much pre prestige and mana in my community, and if I can have this thing and that thing, all these things that we turn into idols in our lives, what, what is this prophet saying to us? We forsake our own opportunity to know God's steadfast love. The source of our, our wonderful um, hope is in God, not in vain things, that he knows that these people up in Nineveh are worshiping vain idols. Well, he goes on, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Praise God, we see this real amazing turn in the belly of the great fish from despair at the beginning of the prayer to thanksgiving at the end of the prayer. It's really critical, isn't it? Thanksgiving is very important. We're told to enter the gates in our worship with thanksgiving in our heart. Thanksgiving actually realigns our whole thinking and helps us to realize the perspective of who's really in charge of things. Who's really in charge? It's not me. It's not the world. It's not the government. It's not... You know, it's, it's, it's actually God is in charge. And I will bring my vow. I'll pay my vow. I'll do my thing for you, God. And I know that salvation belongs to the Lord. What a tremendous verse, eh? Salvation belongs to the Lord. We sing that song sometimes. Salvation belongs to our God. Isn't that a lovely song? And he so bestows that upon us. He so bestowed it upon Jonah to vomit, have the fish vomit him up. 
I don't know a lot of fishes vomiting. Uh, my wife's a fisher person. I'm not a fisher person. Uh, I do clean the fish when she brings it in. Don't know if they vomit. I've just never seen them do that. But I know they can things in. And hear this reaction of, okay, it's time. I think he's got the point now. You can let him go. Our God holds all of that stuff in his hands. Isn't it amazing? And the Lord spoke to the fish, and he vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So here are some, some thoughts that I have about what we've been reading in this prayer today. First, to be acknowledging our, our, our state of mind, our, where we're at, being honest with God. We can speak honestly to him. In that place, I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to also remember God's goodness. Remember the times when he's shown you his faithfulness. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Right? Think of that, that time when you were, when you were lost and, and going the wrong road. And God guided you lovingly along the right path. And don't forget to be thankful even when his thankfulness came while he was still in the belly of the, the fish. You see? That's, that's an amazing thought, that he was still in that state. He could move himself into thanksgiving to God. And I think that that's what we need to do. Even before we see that salvation of God, we can have our faith in it, but let's be thankful to God that we will see his salvation. I don't know what happened to my friend who, who um, told me that he hated Muslims. I hope God helped him to, to work through that. Uh, we have a lot of challenges in life, don't we, as people of God, where, where we're challenged to, to reach out and to love the unlovely, the people that no one else may love. As Mother Teresa used to say, embracing Jesus in his distressing disguise. That the, the, the ones that we may not love, actually, uh, Jesus wants us to love them as if we're loving him. And so I, I encourage you today, brothers and sisters, in this beautiful day, in this beautiful village, to just be thinking of how God might be using me today to Remember God, remember his salvation, and be thankful for that. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for this time that we've had together and looking at this prayer of our, our brother Jonah. And it's not over. He's going to go through some more stuff, and he's going to get angry, and he's, he's, just a, he's a real person, Lord God. And I thank you for that, that your book is written about real people in real challenges in real situations, and I just pray that you will help us like, likewise to be able to um, just turn to you and acknowledge you and find you in that place of distress. I pray for people today, anyone in this room, Lord, that's in that place where they feel like the waves are coming over them and they're being overwhelmed 
by things. Lord, would you meet them in that place and, and calm the waves and still the heart and instill within that heart a faith and hope in you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.